Welcome to Detroit Strange, the p -p -p podcast. Ba -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> uh, New Year, who dis? Yeah, apparently we're a sports arena now. Yes, <laughs> we've transformed. We're here to ooky spook you. Yes, that's our job. Yeah, that we do out of love. Sometimes, sometimes they're not ooky spooky. That's true. Sometimes they're just. We're here to Detroit you, and we're here to strange you. <laughs> Yeah. And again, we sound dirty that. within the first like, deal two with minutes. that. <laughs> Bravo. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> how's it going? Pretty good. This week's starting off a little. It's the first week back to work, and it's mm -hmm. always just like, oh my God, just kill me. See, I'm so excited because over quote unquote break time, I was working most of the days, but I was so bored uh. just because there wasn't much to do because nobody was there. So, like, any correspondence was like, pretty much at a halt or a very slow dribble uh -huh. and there was a few things going on but i wasn't super involved in those projects yeah and then yesterday i did work at work wow I good for you purposeful and being there that, and that was nice that is a nice feeling yeah um i mean you know yeah it is what it is yeah um yeah so that's all that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, not a ton. Uh, I'm painting my bedroom. Mm -hmm, I think I talked about a little bit last episode. Yeah. I think I finally picked a color. It's called Filtered Shade, which I think is appropriate. That is exciting. Yeah. I felt like I actually got stuff accomplished so far this week. I mean, part of it was what I was just talking about, but even just, I feel so prepared for this episode and I have not felt that way in a while and I'm very excited. Good. I'm excited yeah. to hear it. Yeah. I, I Yeah, it's great. So maybe... What are we should sipping we, on? I was going to say, should we take a sip of our drinks? Yes. Well, let's try and clink first. We haven't clinked yet. Yes. A couple clink. episodes. That was oh, a good one. That was, that good was one. a really good one. So I'm going to look up the name of this drink really quick. It's called a gin and mint tea cocktail. I got it from Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. Yeah. But I think by the end of the episode, we'll come up with a better name for it. Because that's just, that's not, it doesn't flow off the tongue or anything like that. But it's basically... I made a simple syrup. I got real fancy. Ooh. And it's got green tea in it. Wow. Um, it's got some ginger in it. Look at that. Orange zest. Mm. And then I used mint tea because I didn't have mint at home, but you're supposed to put mint in it. Whoa. Yeah. So you make the simple syrup. And then I used gin, which the gin I got. Well, I didn't get it. Actually, my friend Tracy got it for me for my birthday. A friend of the show, Tracy. Yes. And she is delightful. It's called Tanqueray. Rang pure, rang pure, not yeah. sure. Um, but Karen it's D. Karen D. It's super fancy looking and very botanically, like extra botanicals and all that jazz. Uh, and then there's some lemon juice, and then I added blood orange juice because I mean, I love a blood orange. Oh, I got She's so pretentious. It's fucking red. <laughs> it is blood. No, have you seen, have you seen the episode of Project Runway? Probably. Like it's been a minute. Yeah, it's like watched I think it his name it was, was like Chris or something. He was like, I was gonna say he's the gay guy. <laughs> I'm Project narrows Runway down, narrows down nothing, <laughs> but I just remember like one of the other designers was like, "I made this nice blood orange dress," and he just like it goes cuts to him in the confessional. He's like, "Oh, she's so pretentious. It's fucking red." <laughs> Actually, that sounds familiar now that you. Put Every it time someone says blood orange, I'm like, "That's oh, your your go to." So pretentious. It's fucking red. <laughs> Actually, though, speaking of Project Runway, so I I've seen some of Drag Race, but I never saw it like in order or anything like that. So I went back and started at season one. Like, I, I think I told you about I've that. never even seen season one. It's considered the lost season. Oh, it's interesting. So I started there and now I'm on season two, but just like the very, very beginning of season two. Uh -huh. But I was staring at the judges and it took me forever to figure out that Santino was Santino from Project Runway. What did he do on the show? Was he a contestant? He was, no, he's a judge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for how long or how many seasons. I know at least season one and two at this point, because that's what I'm on. Uh, but it was weird because I was like watching. I was like, why is that guy f so familiar? Like, what is it about him? And then it just like I had the like click moment and I was like, oh, Project Runway. Because did you ever did you watch the beginning of Project Runway? Like the earlier seasons? He was one of the <sighs> earlier people. 
Maybe it's been a minute. I just remember watching whatever was available on Hulu at the end of college when I was trying okay. to avoid doing homework. I was going to say, because he was like in the Bravo seasons, which were like the earlier seasons. Oh, yeah, because he moved to Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Is it back on Bravo? I don't know where it's at anymore. I have no idea. I know Carly Kloss is a judge on it now, and Christian Siriano is a Tim Gunn character. Oh, character. <laughs> See, I didn't, yeah, I don't know how much of the lifetime ones i've seen i think i've watched like one season or something there lifetime. was one season it was all team challenges i'm like i can't deal with this but i i was really really into the the early ones of that show i like, loved that show yeah and i was so sad when tim and heidi left because yeah, it's like not the same right and they are supposedly having an amazon show come out soon but i oh. haven't i haven't uh heard much about it i can but mess with that it's weird because i think they're like trying to do something where like the clothes are gonna be available on amazon from the show i Question mean mark? i can see that being a thing uh, that if anyone's gonna do it it's amazon because mm-hmm. sometimes they would actually like produce the the clothes as part Put of like, it, the like dress barn or whatever like the the supporter for that episode or something yeah, yeah. there's that southern chain i can't remember what it was remember, yeah like use the daisy dukes accessory wall it wasn't yep. daisy dukes but yeah. sure yeah yeah <laughs> Use the accessory wall thoughtfully. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So speaking of Project Run... No, I'm just kidding. I do not have a segue. <laughs> Is it Tim Gunn? It's Tim Gunn! I always imagine him as like my fairy gay father. Or gay oh. un- Like the fairy godfather. He's delightful. Where I just imagine like... I just remember in college being like... Oh, having such a hard time. He would just like pop up in the window and be like... Just make it work. It's a make it work moment. You can do this. And just like fly away. I'm like, I can do this Tim Gunn. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I... I'm imagining a cartoon Tim Gunn for some reason as the fairy. Yes. Like not a real one, but a, a, cart- a very good rendition, though. Yeah, yeah. But he's still in a suit. Good rendering. Oh, for for sure. Yeah. It wouldn't be the Impeccable. same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Tim Gunn. I, it comes and goes. <laughs> well, speaking of Tim Gunn and nothing to do with him. Do you want to hear a story? Of course. So... This story changed a lot today, actually, specifically, because I was reviewing it and I was trying to find a little more information about one part of it and everything opened up. Yes. So I'm just going to call it undercover. Okay. I'm not even going to ask you if you've heard of a person or place or anything like that. Okay. So I'm going to start out talking about a woman named Ruth Montgomery. Okay. She was born June 11th of 1912, and she led a life. Okay. Let me tell you. There's almost nothing that she didn't do. So I want you to guess. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing about her, and then I want you to guess three more things she did afterwards. Okay. So she was a journalist. Okay. Guess three things she also did. Like career-wise, like things she covered, or just like in Career-wise, things she might be known for. Not like social things she might be known for, but like... Yeah, like kind of career, but also maybe like things she did that weren't necessarily like social based. Uh, I'm going to say she beat Joe Lewis in a fight. She invented the board game Yahtzee and she swam across the Detroit River. Those are pretty good guesses. None right? of them are right, but uh. and those are pretty good guesses. But Joe Lewis will come up in this actually. Oh, OK. Just I'll take it. A second. Just tiny thing. So she was a journalist, as I mentioned. She was a reporter. She was a correspondent in D.C. Again, this woman was born in 1912. So just kind of put yourself in oh, that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. She was a syndicated columnist. And even later, she was one of 12 journalists invited to FDR's funeral as she was the president of the Women's National Press Club. Love that for her. Yeah. So she, it led her, to her later becoming a very prolific writer. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get back to that a little later. So just keep Ruth Montgomery's name in your head. We're going to talk about her a little bit more right now, but we're going to visit her at the end, too. Okay. So she married Robert H. Montgomery of Detroit in 1935. I couldn't actually find her name, maiden name, which was interesting. And she, obtained, she didn't exist until she was married, like all women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she obtained a job working for the now defunct Detroit Times, which I believe came up in another episode. I'm yeah, forgetting the Detroit which one. Times uh, oh, payroll. Um, Detroit News. It was Detroit News, but I think was it the Detroit, the Detroit Times are the ones who broke it. Yep. You're right. Mm-hmm. And so she got a job there working in 1936. So about a year after she was married, she was pretty daring on one occasion. And I couldn't find the year on this. She even hid under a waiter's table to get into Doris Duke's honeymoon suite for an interview. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing this woman wouldn't do or say. It, it is the she wanted I her got. scoop. She did. She, and while working for the Detroit Times, 
she went undercover and poses a member of a group called the Black Legion. Have you ever heard of them? No. Oh, you will today. So she undercover. She helps solve a murder that had been baffling police. And not only did she help solve the murder, but she uncovered that Detroit's Detroit's chief of police was a member of the group as well. Ooh. So now here we go. We're going to go into the Black Legion a little bit. And I literally, I think I've heard the words. I knew they weren't good. Yeah. But I had no idea how not good. Okay. Tell me more. (laughs) The Black Legion was a white supremacist organization in the Midwest during the Great Depression. Uh, they were kind of an what offshoot. What a weird name for a white supremacy group. Well, they were an offshoot of the Ku Klux Klan. Heard of them. As they had started as the quote unquote Black Guards, which is a security force for officers of the Ohio chapter of the KKK in the mid 20s. Oh. Yeah. I mean, douchebags. Ohio and the protecting KKK. Them. Can it get worse? Yeah. Douchebags protecting other douchebags in Ohio. Mm. Mm. So the Black Legion boasted having 1 million legionnaires in Michigan, but, ex- <laughs> but experts estimate membership to have been either 20,000 to 30,000 or 80,000 to 120,000. So there's a little bit. That's kind of like the 1 million moms. How it's basically just like 4,000 people. Yeah. So I, I don't think anybody knows the numbers, but also because some of it was secret. So I think it's really hard to track yeah. down, but most agree they killed around 50 people. Oh my gosh. And this is just in Michigan. So most members were native-born Protestant men, and a third of all members lived in Detroit, which also unfortunately had a very strong KKK presence in the 20s. Really? Yeah, I didn't know much about that. It, it, it doesn't... I want to say it shocks me, but I, I'm i not shocked, but I was surprised. Yeah. If that makes sense, just because I haven't heard much about... You hear right. about it in the South. Like, when you talk about the KKK, when you read about the KKK, when it comes up in any kind it's of media... Like backwoods like mm-hmm. Mary cousin country yeah but also people during the great De- depression were like moving around a lot and looking yeah. for bigger and better things and the whatnot and i think detroit with the automobile industry was a sought out place for people to move to so i'm wondering if some of it i'm sure some of it was just well horrible bigots existing here yeah and some of it was people kind of moving from other places and, yeah. and bringing their their thoughts in with them as it were work yeah So the group organized themselves along military lines, having five brigades, 16 regiments, 64 battalions, and 256 companies. So basically, they were very interested in the military because one of their main things is that they were kind of preparing for, to a certain degree, like a possible government takeover because they thought the government was going kind of in the wrong way into the wrong people. So that's why they kind of set themselves up in that. They hid they under a coup, huh? You're gonna have a coup, kind of. They had this thing called like zero day. I actually didn't write this down, but this thing called zero day, which would be like the day they'd have to like go in with like armory and like take over if, if needed, kind of a thing. They okay. weren't like planning it, but it was like, like just in case. They were like super afraid of basically anybody who wasn't them and also like communism. So they wanted, what is it with like America and being afraid of communism? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, these men had a lot of issues in the way That's that they were thinking. That's not their biggest issue. I was yeah. just saying. Yeah. They hid under several fronts, including the Wayne County Rifle and Pistol Club. So basically, it was like a place you could go to like a shooting range, but it really was the front for them. Mm. And politically, as the Wolverine Republic Cub, Club, not Cub, that's that'd be way cuter sounding. Yeah. Um. Although still with those other words, not so cute. No. So their oath... I'm going to try to read it. Okay. It's horrible. I might ask you to cut this later even because it's just their oath is obviously going to be terrible. But yeah. yeah, it could be worse. Well, their language could be worse, but it's it's horrible. Yeah. Quote, the native born white people of America are menaced on every hand from above and below. If America is the melting pot, the white people of America are neither the aristocratic scum on top nor the dredges of society on the bottom, which is composed of anarchists and communists and all cults and creeds believing in social equality. We regard as enemies to ourselves and our country, all aliens, Negroes, Jews, and cults and creeds believing in racial equality are owing allegiance to any foreign potentate? potentates. Don't know that word. 
probably a racist word. Sorry, then. Yeah, um, no, you're good. These we will fight without fear or favor as long as one foe of American liberty is left alive. It's just like they're like we don't like other people. They really emphasize cults, and I'm like, have you taken a look in the mirror? Yeah, like, exactly. And like all those disgusting people who believe in social equality. Gross. No, you're gross. Are we sure that's not just the Republican Party? Well, I mean, the Wolverine something something Republic Wolverine Republic Club. Yeah, we'll go for it. So how did they recruit? And I wrote like douchey frats, but way worse. Uh, They often used kidnapping. And would threaten new members not to tell anyone if someone threatened to quit, they would beat them up. This sounds like a cult. Mm hmm. They were big fans of sports, though, and would often try to recruit sports figures such as player manager for the Tigers, Mickey Cochran. Mickey had a nervous breakdown as a result of it and removed himself from the team. Wow. Yeah, they were like super into sports, too. They And I guess like in 1935, everything was going to shit with the Great Depression. However, the Tigers won the World Series. Uh, uh-huh. Red Wings won their whatever it was called Stanley at that time. Cup? I don't know if it was at the Stanley Cup at that time, but whatever there, because you know how sports leagues like change. Grand hockey prize. Yes, the grand hockey prize. Lions also won that year. It's probably the last time they've won anything. Joe Lewis. From what I understand. Yes. And Joe Lewis went undefeated as the heavyweight champion. Good so for like him. all these sports wins were like the big thing. And it was kind of a happy note. And these dudes loved it apparently. So other members were drawn to the Legion as it was understood as a way to obtain, sometimes illegally, and keep jobs during the Great Depression, during which unemployment was about 40%. That's high. Mm-hmm. Car factories and security forces were heavily occupied by Legionnaires, particular, particularly in car factories. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people watching out, quote unquote, were black Legionnaires. Uh-huh. Uh, the first president of the UAW believed his union was infiltrated in order to leak out inside information to manufacturers so there was like a lot of kind of almost like weird espionage going on from this group as well in 1931 is when the chapter of the black legion was formed in highland park by arthur f lupp senior we'll come back to him in a bit so just remember arthur lupp yep okay yep lupp so their most well-known victim was a man named Charles Poole. Now, from the outside looking in, he was a very insignificant man. He did not hold any position of power. He was, however, an organizer for the WPA, the uh, Works Progress Administration, uh-huh. created by FDR to combat the effects of the Great Depression. So Poole was kidnapped from his home by men in black hoods and accused of being a French Catholic who beat his Protestant wife. What? Yep. They felt he needed to be punished. That punishment was driving him to southwest Detroit, which is actually now Dearborn Heights, on Gully Road, and he was shot on the side of the road. Like fatally? Yes, fatally. Shot dead. Poole had pleaded that he didn't beat his wife, but that she was actually in the hospital giving birth to their second daughter, which was later corroborated by his wife, Rebecca, and the existence of their new daughter. What the hell? So how did they come by this information? He said, she said. Well, no. My favorite Ashley Tisdale song. Actually, though, Rebecca says no. Rebecca's brother-in-law, Lowell Rushing, who was a Black Legion member, heard that Charlie or Charles and Becky, Rebecca, had occasional arguments. Generally, though, they were in relation to his job status because it was the Great Depression and they had a kid and another kid on the way. Lowell took this information to his friends at the Wolverine Republican Club. And that was that. A plan was set. So they did this. Wayne County prosecutor reported to be a Black Legion member by the Detroit Times, which I think is the one that Ruth pointed out from earlier, worked to restore his name by claiming the Times would bring the killers to a pool to justice. Which I think is when Ruth, it it didn't say this anywhere. And unfortunately, the article that she or articles that she wrote are no longer in existence or very hard to find, at least online. I can't find them. Yeah. There was like a radio program that talked about one of them. And that was. It's hard because she wrote for the Times and the Times doesn't exist anymore. It's like the free press and the news. They have like. Yeah. What the slides are called, but they have like. Microfiche. There we go. Love microfiche. They have microfiche, but there's no microfiche for the Times because the Times doesn't exist. But it still has a people mover station named after it. 
Yeah. I mean, there, there might be some microfiche of some of it, but a lot of it's been lost. Yeah. Is my understanding. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Please correct us and let us <laughs> yes. know some letters. No, not letters. Articles. Yes. All the things. Yes. Uh, so I couldn't corroborate that this with, was when Ruth went undercover, but based on the information I have, I think this is the time that she was kind of brought in and mm-hmm. she uncovered the information. At this time, a man named Dayton Dean, who was an employee of the Detroit Public Lighting Department, so a worker for the government, uh-huh. broke his oath to the Black Legion and pleaded guilty to being the gunman while testifying against numerous others. He was shocked to learn the truth about Becky and the pool's new daughter, as he had been told that they had had a miscarriage. Which wasn't true. So basically her brother-in-law, I think, said, oh, she had a miscarriage. I think it didn't say that, but I'm going to speculate. So 10 others were convicted of murder and Dean began to talk more about Legion activities. His testimony led to investigations that led to indictments in a series of other murders and attempted murders throughout the previous three years in Detroit. Another 37 men were prosecuted for these crimes and eventually all were sentenced to prison terms. So lots of trials. And they revealed a network of Black Legion members in local governments with a high number in Highland Park specifically, including the mayor, N. Ray Marklin, the chief of police also, several city councilmen, and a lot of civil servants. Membership dropped very quickly, and the Black Legion's reign of terror in Detroit diminished greatly, pretty much almost non-existent because everybody went to jail. Good. So a couple other victims, because, you know, I like to pay homage yeah. to them. Um, Silas Coleman in 1935 was found shot. I did not find much about his particular story, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. George Marchuk was secretary of Auto Workers Union in Lincoln Park, and he was found with a bullet in his head on December 22nd, 1933. John Bielak worked for the Hudson Motor Co- Car Company plant and was working for wage increases. He was found full of bullets on March 15th, 1934, about 10 miles outside of Monroe. A conspiracy was created to kill Arthur Kingsley, who was the publisher of a Highland Park community paper and also running for mayor against Marklin, the Highland Park mayor. Hmm. Um, 16 were invited, who was also a Black Legion member. 16 were invited in this conspiracy, including two to help, including two factory policemen, a police officer and Highland Park City employees. It's mm-hmm. all those people who were probably indicted later. Mm-hmm. Uh, investigations led to other um, Black Legionnaires. Arthur F. Lupp, if you remember him. No, oh, yeah. A little bit ago. Senior. Um, he was said to have founded the Highland Park chapter. And he was also a milk inspector for the Detroit Board of Health. He was ex- also exploring ways to inject typhoid germs into milk and cheese that would then be delivered to specific, quote unquote, undesirable neighborhoods. Oh, my God. So gross. Yeah. Uh, Mayor William Voisin of Ecorse was identified as a target as he had hired black individuals for city jobs. So they were trying to get him. Uh-huh. Uh, labor and civil rights lawyer Maurice Sugar thought he was a target as he had uncovered a plot to release cyanide gas into synagogues during Hanukkah in 1935. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough evidence to support this claim, unfortunately. Oh. However. There is evidence that his 1935 campaign running for a seat on the Detroit Recorders Court and City Common Council was sabotaged by them. Mm. Also, in the autobiography of Malcolm X, written in 1965 by Malcolm X and Alex, I forgot to write his last name down and I'm so sorry, talks about Malcolm knowing of Black Legionnaire activity in Lansing where his family lived. His father passed away when he was very young, ran over by a streetcar. It was classified as an accident or suicide, but Malcolm believes it to be the work of the ruthless Black Legionnaire. Malcolm X from Lansing? I didn't know that until this, actually. Yeah. I didn't know that either. At least from childhood. Yeah. Uh, there have been many movies and radio broadcasts created about the group, most noteworthy being The Black Legion from 1937, starring Humphrey Bogart. Ooh, mm. what a heartthrob. Mm. And the radio show The Shadow in 1938 by a Mr. Orson Welles. So... They were horrible. Yeah. They were awful. Yep. We're going to kind of tie this up, though, and go back to where I started with good old Ruth. Yep. Now, once you go down her journey, it becomes very interesting. Yeah. She did move around a lot. So she wasn't in Detroit super long after this. She worked everywhere, basically, and 
there I couldn't find like a comprehensive list list of where, but like I know she lived in Mexico at one point. She was in Texas at some point. You know, she was just everywhere. So one thing she is actually probably best known for, though, is becoming a psychic author of numerous books about the occult and new age subjects, even off- offering numerous predictions about the quote unquote polar shift of 1999. Basically Y2K, I think. I was dreaming when I wrote this. Excuse me if I go and stay. Bow, 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 bow. So that's all I can think of. Yeah. 1999. Uh, it's a good song. It's a bop. Yes. We can agree. Yes. <laughs> uh, but she basically thought the last continent of Atlantis would rise from the sea at that time as part of the polar shift. Oh, I think the movie Atlantis came out in 1999. Probably. Maybe that's maybe she just her wires were crossed. Right. Yeah. She's like Atlantis will arise again. Atlantis, the movie will come out in VHS. Yes, exactly. Very uh, similar. <laughs> so she kind of got more into this like new agey stuff by writing a biography of Jean Dixon, who was a known paranormal medium. And she also became the protege of Arthur Ford. This man claimed he could access the Akashid records. So that's a compendium of all human events, thoughts, words, emotions of the past, present, future. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to handle. He could also uh, talk to the dead. For example, he talked to Houdini's mother and then Houdini himself. Wow. So after meeting him, she began automatic writing. Have you heard of that before? Yes. Okay. So uh, for anybody who hasn't, it's basically you just sit down with a pen and paper and you just like let your hand do whatever your hand's going to do. Writing words without thinking about it. I mean, there's different ways to go about it. I also, if you look at like the surrealist movement, mm-hmm. um, surrealism actually started with writing and it started with automatic writing. Okay. So it was just people sitting down with paper and writing whatever came out onto the paper. And it was the idea of um, accessing the subconscious. So it wasn't possession. It was like the subconscious coming through. I can I tell a quick story real quick. Yes. Well, I remember one time in organic chemistry, I was like, dozing because i didn't sleep normal hours in college because who does nobody and i just remember like kind of doing like the head nod like while writing and i went back and looked at my notes later and i mm-hmm. wrote down like in the margins like he's hurting or something like <gasps> very just kind of creepy oh and disturbing gosh. and what if that's automatic writing i wonder who is writing about that is automatic writing yeah well and i i mean there's different studies and stuff and there's obviously i think there probably are some like uh, sanctions of like paranormal studies that also would indicate that it's a possession of some sort. Uh-huh. But I think a lot of people do think it's like the subconscious because our brains do so much that we don't understand. Yeah. Because I forget the percentage that we use, but it's very minimal. Yeah. And I think our perceptions are far greater than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. And some people can just pick up on other people's stuff. You know what I mean? A little bit. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even talking about being like psychic necessarily. Although I do believe with a grain of salt in in a lot of that. Yeah. There is, I believe in perception for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want to ever talk the surrealist movement and automatic everything, my girl. Automatic doors, <laughs> automatic telemachines, mm-hmm. all surrealist. Yeah. I was kind of obsessed with surrealism in college. It was my, my little bread and butter. Love that. Yeah. So he, so she began automatic writing and she claimed she could communicate with Arthur Ford after he had passed. Okay. These interactions led her to write many books. If you look her up on Amazon, you will find all the books. Well, actually, if you look her up, just Google her, you will just find books. You'll find very little information about her other than she was known for this large series of books. Uh And a lot of it had to do more with like life after death and things in her thoughts about that. Also about extraterrestrial encounters she experienced in Mexico in the 70s. One time she claimed to have been offered a ride in a flying soft saucer, which she had to decline as her husband was sick at the time. <laughs> Poor Bob. She developed theories that mental and physical illness have their origins in past lives. So birthmarks. Yeah. Birthmarks are an indicator of where a past life injury would have occurred. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, this part's sadder, though. She also believed that children with de- born with physical or mental defects are the results of souls repaying a debt from a past life. Oh. Yeah, that one's a bummer. Uh, she liked to theorize who some famous people had been in past lives. For example, Ernest Hemingway was a Hun warrior. Okay. Jackie Kennedy was a French queen. Fitting. And she had been Lazarus's third sister, Ruth, during the time of Christ and witnessed Jesus's circumcision. 
work. <laughs> that was a great uh, reaction. She helped fund the Association for Past Life Research and Therapy, which basically helped bring on the New Age movement. Sedona, Arizona basically exists because of this woman. I don't okay. know. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about And actually, most of northern New Mexico. Oh. Huh. I mean, I'm just saying because that's where the New Age movement is yeah. very heavily focused. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Sedona, it's because there's all the, uh, what are they, portals? I don't know. There's all these, like, doorways. Oh. We'll talk about it sometime. As if this wasn't enough, though, she also developed a theory. And this is actually what kind of got me onto her. Well, this and the whole, she figured out that uh, murder thing. Uh-huh. That was kind of a big deal. Called the walk-in theory. Have you ever heard of it? No. So basically, it's that a spirit can leave one physical body that has been heavily injured or run out of life and enter into another one. Interesting. So a soul can walk into a new body. So a person, and that one doesn't necessarily, I don't think, have to be injured or anything like that. But there's um, there's actually like online tests and stuff where you can go on and see if you're a walk-in. Interesting. And, and it's just like questions like, do people tell you you act differently and like things like that? Uh-huh. Cause you're still gonna like as a walk-in, I believe you still have like, I mean, I think some people think amnesia patients could be a walk-in. Yeah. I think some people think there's like a little bit of like your past is still with you, but like as a walk-in, you're like your whole like aura, like your whole aura, <laughs> your whole like um persona kind of yeah. like changes a little bit with that yeah. walk-in theory. Um, there's been a couple renditions of this in popular culture uh-huh. uh i actually got they did a very short version of this on a funny feeling which is a podcast I listen yeah to. and it's what turned me on to this and it was funny because they brought up the show called drop dead diva <laughs> yes 100 percent have watched at least the first couple seasons i've watched it all uh <laughs> i was living with my aunt and she was watching it and then i kind of got really into it i just watched it like it's such a guilty pleasure i think it was but right around the time when I was like just moved to Ferndale, so it was like 2016, mm-hmm. and I just remember like watching. I like binged the first couple seasons, and then like there was something where I was like, I need to take a break from the show, and, and then, then just go back. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of an easy one to do. It's easy to binge, but it is also easy to walk away because it's somewhat predictable. Well, it's very predictable as a yeah. show, but like in a delightfully like. It's like a warm blanket. Like, it's just yeah. going to be what it is. And once you watch a couple episodes, you know exactly what's going on. Oh, for sure. You can tell the things that are going to happen, but, like, it's campy and fun. Margaret Cho was in it for a little bit. I love she her. She was as I the assistant. Yes. She was so good in it. I love Margaret Cho. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. I saw her once in college. Oh, my up, God. And, it, and I got to meet her, and I took a photo, <gasps> although I took it on, like, an old school film camera, and I don't know where... It, the photos went. <laughs> you have to find it. Uh, it was like black and white, and it was like a really old camera I'd gotten at like maybe a Salvation Army or something like that. And uh-huh. I was just like kind of messing around with it for funsies. Yeah. But yeah, she was a delight. She was really, really, really nice. I remember like she really treated like everybody her. like she was actually interested in meeting them during like a meet and greet, which I thought was really That's cool. awesome. Yeah. She seems genuine. I like her. A lot. Also, I like her stand up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's a delight. Yeah. Also, did you ever watch her show, American Girl? <laughs> I didn't, but I've heard a lot about it. I loved that show. It, I mean, it was very sitcom but like, I think it's because I like loved her, though, and that was my first yeah. exposure to her, and I was just like, who is she? I've heard her talk about it a lot, especially because yeah. like, fresh off the boat, oh. she was brought on to consult for the show. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. Like Because she was the first original, like, Asian-American sitcom. Fresh off the boat, yeah. Well, no, she was the first American, like, All-American Girl was, like, the first Asian-American yes, sitcom. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, she yeah. was the first to, like, um, explore that territory. Exactly. And it made an impact. I, it got canceled way too early, in my opinion. A lot of good shows do. Yeah, I agree with that. And it was a, it was a weird time for television then. Yeah. Sitcoms have been the thing for so long, and I don't think anybody knew... And just like, I feel like they loved giving stand ups a sitcom. Like, they thought, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're funny as a stand up. That's just going to translate. Yeah. Sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. Exactly. It either hits or is a real bad idea. Yeah. I don't want to dog on any, though. Yeah. Um, Also, the Dark Dark Tower series by Stephen King sort of uses the walk on theory a little bit, although they explore it in a much more, they add elements to it that aren't necessarily part of it. Uh, Twilight Zone did an episode. There is, I don't know 
much about this, but there was um, a story cycle of Superman called Death of Superman, which essentially explores. You it. know, superheroes are things I don't fuck with. Yeah, so I'm not going to know. I'm just no, no, no. Yeah, I'm glad you're saying it. Just don't yeah. look for me for answers. X Files did an episode with a walk-in. Okay, I mean, all these make a lot of sense. Yeah, there was also I forget there was an indie movie that kind of featured like a walk-in thing too. I forget the name of it. I should have written it down, but I didn't. Uh, but I'm ex- I'm very surprised it hasn't been explored more. Because it's very there's a book I read. I remember oh, like, you were talking about it. No, it was like a fiction book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, David it, Mitchell. It wrote. might be the movie I'm thinking of too, because the movie was based off of a book. Okay, tell it, tell it. Um, was it like two words? <laughs> I know he wrote Cloud Atlas, but it wasn't that book. The Bone Clocks, I think it was called. I'm pretty sure the movie was called The Walkin. <laughs> <laughs> that I was trying to name. Hey, um we got there it's about an engineer with a terminal disease meets an angel in his dreams who challenges the very promise of mortality by offering to take over his diseased body in return for giving him the body of a puppy oh my god it doesn't rate very high in imdb i can't imagine why it sounds like a bop <laughs> i do think there are several more though too um i i you know it's hard to find them when i i was i looked yeah. in like walk-in theory based movies but it is a very interesting concept to me. It is. I don't know what my particular feelings are about it, but it's scary in a way. Yeah. I don't want somebody to walk into me. I'd highly recommend the book, The Bone Clock. I want somebody to crash into me like a Dave Matthews band song. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I hated that song so much. I don't even know what song you're talking about. Oh, lucky. <laughs> I'm older than you. It was, it, it was a whole high school thing for me. Did not Fair. like it. But Yes. I almost want to say, like, I want to think it's true, but I also don't because it terrifies me. Yeah. It's just like an interesting thing to think about. It's not like it's like something you can't really prove or disprove, but like Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things like fun to think about. Yeah. Okay. So my sources, I do want to say, were Wikipedia, of course. Yeah. uh, The Washington Post, the Detroit News, one of their blogs, and WBUR.org. Nice. So basically, in essence, that is my story about Ruth Montgomery and her bringing a tiny bit of justice and light to what the Black uh, Legion was up to. And I think it, from my understanding, I think it opened kind of a whole gambit of like, well, this guy's in it. Who else is in it? Yeah. Nothing specifically said that, but just in my reading, it kind of seemed like that. So you know, she had some uh, interesting beliefs later in life. Yeah. But she was obviously a very smart woman. Yeah. And not scared of shit. I, I can't believe how just like brave this woman was in the time period that she was in, especially to just go out and do the things. Yeah. I love that for her. And she met some huh. aliens. So yeah. good for her. If only her husband had been sick. You know, she could have gone that ride. Yeah. She could tell us what it feels like. Yeah. But no. No. Well, I've got two words for you. Ooh. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. Yes. Marvelous. Yes. It's a Glob reference. You if you haven't seen Glob on Netflix, you are missing out. I watched it all in one weekend because I was just like, oh, this is this. is, And then I did a look on my eye. Ooh, yes. I wasn't even like feeling great. And I was maybe in pajamas later than I should have been. And I was like, I'm just going to go get my eye makeup right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a look, but then I didn't take a photo because nothing else looked good. <laughs> I 100 percent understand. That's a great show. It's and really that's a good great story. I loved learning about Ruth. Yeah, she's. I mean, again, she was very interesting to me. And the Black um, Legion, like I had no idea. I had no idea either. And I was actually when I was first initially like researching her, I was like kind of bummed that there was not more about that article that she wrote. I couldn't find the article. Yeah, I couldn't find exactly what she did to uncover it it just said basically like she went undercover into this group and then she figured out that like this guy was part of it and she figured out the murder basically Uh like how that happened and who was involved yeah and that's all the information that i could find on it which is when i started to go more into black legionnaires or black legion and i just it was just like horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing and i was just like how have i not heard more about this i think it's probably just because like everyone always thinks auto industry henry ford he made the assembly line that's all people think about for that time for detroit 
Well, yeah, that and the Great Depression. Yeah. I think sometimes we're afraid to talk about certain histories because they're they are upsetting. Yeah. But it's so important to know about those histories because we, exactly. we don't want to repeat that. Exactly. You, yeah. We have to remember our history. And that's like one of the things I'm glad we're doing this podcast is to like bring some history mm-hmm. to the forefront. Yeah. And I mean, we're kind of in a shaky time period. I don't want to go too into it right now because we're, we're not a political podcast. No. But we are in like a shaky time right now. And I mean, I think there are there are more closeted scary things happening yeah um i think there's a lot more of a hush hush tone to them but we all know they're there yeah and i'd like to say it's further off from the story i just told and it is in some ways but in some ways it's i mean the in story i just ways, told was just like still happening politicians being in a terrible group and conspiring yeah. in certain ways to basically get rid of people that they don't want around and people that they don't want to have like a voice. And that's just terrible and awful. And it's hitting in a certain way right now. It's a, this like. is a very poignant story for 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my story. Good job. <laughs> Sorry. It was kind of a bummer, but author Ruth was interesting. Yeah. Like we have no choice but to stand. Yeah. And that, that woman, I mean, she, um, I think she, she didn't pass away until like, I think it was 2001 too. So she like, uh, yeah, she was around. Yeah. A while that gal. So she was what? Like 93? Um, or no, 89. What'd I say? I think 89. Yeah. I did the math earlier. 89. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good old Ruth and good old Karen D. Uh, love them both. Yes. You know who else we love? Who else do we love? I told you early. I gave you a hint for my two truths and a lie. I know I've already done her for two truths and a lie, uh-huh, but uh-huh. that was like easy mode. We're kicking it up a notch. I'm surely going to fail. But you know what? But We're all going to learn a lot of yeah. things. About, can I say it? Yeah. Share. Yes. My queen. Break hearts, not stereotypes. I love share. Mm. I love share. Yeah. Went to her concert last year. I have a sweatshirt with a tweet on it. I have a concert tee. Love that sweatshirt. Love Cher. So I decided, like, I looked at my last, because I was like, I'm not sure if I've done Cher or not for Two Truths and a Lie. And I wrote my Two Truths and a Lie. I looked back through my notes and like, definitely I definitely have, yeah. but it was easy stuff. So here's some. We, like, should, we should probably document the things we've done for Two Truths and a Lie now that I'm thinking about it. I'm just going to keep doing Cher. Oh, like every we're gonna learn that, everything about share yeah that's like that was like actually my intentions for this podcast was to like talk start with detroit then slowly make it a share podcast detroit share yes <laughs> but uh here's my two truths and a lie about share version two give them number one share mm-hmm. has tried to call into c-span anonymously only to be recognized by her voice fact two share was originally offered the part of thelma and thelma and louise but turned it down to appear in mermaids Number three, Cher hasn't quite egotted yet, but she has an Oscar from Moonstruck, a Grammy from Believe, and a Tony from Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Jean, Jimmy Jean. She's just missing an Emmy. Is Emmy daytime television? Is that what that Emmy, one is? There's primetime and daytime Emmys. Emmys, okay. Emmy is like TV in general, I think. I have to say the lie. Yes. That is the I'm point of two truths and a lie. I, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I hope this is a lie, so I'm going to go with it. Okay. Thelma and Louise. No. Dang it. She was originally offered the role of Thelma, but tur- like, again, like I said, she turned it down to be a mermaid. That's Susan Sarandon's, right? I just no, that's Gina movie. Davis. That's Gina- oh, I love Gina Imagine, Davis. though, if theme- Thelma and Louise had been Susan Sarandon and Cher. It would have been good, but it would have been different, too. So oh, I'm like sure. having a hard time because I love Gina I've never Davis. Seen I just watched it. I've seen parts of it, but I just watched it this time or this year for the first time, like all the way through. What'd you think? I liked it. It's interesting to watch older movies just because I feel like movies have changed so much yeah. that like you have to remember. There wasn't was a, a superhero in this one. I mean, there was. Was there? Thelma and Louise. Yes. But I I feel like it was important to watch it. I do feel like it was a good movie. I got a lot out of it. The story, some of the story moved a little quickly, but I think awesome movies are kind of, a lot of movies are drug out now, too. So like oh there, there's God. like a. Yeah thing there where i was like oh i wish they had developed that more but then i'm like but that was also movies then they just kind of yeah clipped a little quicker yeah and i don't think i think an hour and a half is a perfect length for a movie yeah and i think that's i don't know unless it's like a like astounding movie you don't need more than that in my opinion my very like 
I think you can have longer movies, yeah. but there has to be a really good reason for it. And honestly, if it's going to go over two hours, well, if it's going to go over two and a half hours, like I'd rather be broken down into parts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's two more left. What was the first one again? I kind of. Cher has tried to call the C-SPAN anonymously only to be recognized by her voice. Yeah. I want that one to be true so badly. So I'm not going to guess that one. I'm going to guess number three. That is the lie. Yes. She is close to EGOTing, but she has an Emmy. She has she won an Emmy for her concert. I they must have recorded it like the Sheriff oh, okay. Fellow Tour. Okay. She did debut on Broadway with Come to the Five and Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, which I saw a clip from. She's fabulous, isn't it? Of course. But yeah. she hasn't won a Tony yet, but I'm holding I'm holding out hope because she has the share show right now. Okay. That makes which sense. Which I don't know. She could probably win a Tony because like most of the music is probably share music, right? I, I would know. assume. I mean, like, we're kind of in a... We've been in a time period for a while where a lot of musicals are relying on... Yeah. I, I say popular music, but it doesn't mean from, like, contemporary popular. It just means popular music. Can I share some more fun facts? Because I love share. Also, I have, like, a little a snippet of the transcript when she called him from C-SPAN. Oh, do that. I'll do a share voice for Cher's parts. Okay. That would be helpful. <laughs> where did you spend the day? Walter Reed. And you're down in Miami Beach? Back in Miami Beach? I'm down here today. What were you doing at Walter Reed? Are you a volunteer? No, I was just asked to come and spend the day. I was working that day in Washington, D.C. What kind of work do you do? I'm an entertainer. <laughs> what kind of entertaining? Are you USO? No, I was actually called by the USO, but I'm just an entertainer. I really don't want to go much past that. But is this Cher? Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, and you spent the day at Walter Reed? Yeah, and I spent the day with... I mean, they were great guys. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. She watches C-SPAN, like, every day. Good for her. She loves it. I have a very hard time watching... Oh, same. ...news programming. I feel too many feelings. Just a few more fun facts. Okay. She's the only artist to date to have a number one single on a Billboard chart in six consecutive decades. And oh. she... Like, guys, this is a personal goal. When she releases a song in this decade, we all have to listen to it so it becomes a number one hit so she can have it in the second seven decades. I don't care if you like Cher or not. Just do it. That's the duty of this podcast. Just like, even if you don't, just like put it on repeat. Yeah. Look it up, put it on repeat, and then, you know, go live your life. Yeah. And in fitting Cher style, and the article I read that in, she tells Billboard, How can it be six decades when I'm only four decades? <laughs> cute yeah that reminds me this is so bad but that just reminds me of a joke that would have been made by fran drescher on the nanny yes which is another guilty pleasure of mine i've seen bits and pieces i've never seen it all the way through oh let me tell you about mr mr let me tell you about mr sheffield mr sheffield <laughs> hey okay last one i promise last year effect okay so Remember that, like, Bob Mackie look she wore to the Oscars when she won for Moonstruck? She had, like, that big headdress thing yes. on? Yes, 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 yes. Joan Rivers called that a dressless black strap. You know what, though? I love Joan Rivers as well. Same. I oh, yeah. Miss her. But, like, Sharon on the other hand said when she accepted, I think she said, um... So you can see I got my handbook on how to dress like a serious actress. <laughs> Aww. I love her so much. Ah. Thank you for that. Yes. And you've also given me inspiration for possible future. I think I have my next two truths and a lie, like kind of set up, but like now I've got ideas for future ones. Sure. So thank you. <laughs> Probably not going to be share. Uh, that's okay. I'll carry the torch. Other women. Yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm going to write one down right now so I don't forget. So <laughs> I think that wraps this episode, yeah, I think but I think you've show. got some plugs you want to share. I do have a, I want to share nails. <laughs> baby it's tall or nothing now <laughs> your share is much better than mine uh yeah i do have a couple of plugs i want to share i can't say it without laughing uh so first of all welcome to my world every time i hear the word share i think like, like the that, woman yeah i'm gonna be in the vagina monologues yes yes uh i'm gonna be in it february 13th at the emerald ballroom in mount clemens and proceeds from the show go to support turning point which is in mount clemens and it basically helps um sexual and domestic violence victims primarily uh, women victims and it's lovely and it's a really yeah. great organization 
all the people who work there are just yes. I'm not going to cry. They're amazing. Yeah. And it's it's a great place to support in general. So I'm really happy to be. I'm really happy for you. I think it's a really good opportunity. Yeah. And like, it's a great organization you're supporting. So yeah. Love that for you. Yeah. Guys go out and see it. February 13th. Yeah. The tickets will be up soon on uh, Emerald Ballroom's website? page. Yes. Yeah. Website. That's what the young WordPress snappers say. They say website. I go to websites sometimes. Me too. The WWWs. Yes. I use those. Same. <laughs> Do you want to plug the other thing we were talking about? Yeah. yeah. So this week, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Dusty Bunny presents, I'll be doing some stand up. Uh, we have some other line. We have another good lineup. I don't know why I'm saying we. It's not my show. It's your show. I mean, you're in it now, baby. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we, uh, we've got more stand up. We also have. Um, oh my gosh, she has the, basically somebody to show us how to prepare for the end of the world. Love that. Very um, apt right now. Yes, yeah, she'll be amazing. Her name's Polly. Love that. Yes. In real life, she might have an AKA. Alice Nelson, she's wonderful. Uh-huh. We're gonna have um some musical improv. Fun. Yeah, and then Dusty Bunny. Yeah. That's my group. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, it's at Deluxe Flux tomorrow, the 15th of January. It start well, doors are at seven. The show starts at 7:30. And it's nice. It's a nice, a nice Come gathering. giggle. Come giggle. Come be. Oh, we also have music. I'm sorry. We also have music this month, too. So you can giggle and wiggle. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a, I believe he's like a banjo artist. And okay. it should be fun. It'll be yeah. a nice mixture of things. Yeah. Nice Eclectic. Variety. Wow. Yes. Also, I wanted to tell you, it's a new year. There's new episodes of Planet Ant podcast out there. So, you know, there's a podcast for everybody. There's ones about sandwiches. There is a variety show. There is. The Simpsons. Um, there's the one about the Simpsons. There's one political satire one. Yeah. There's more coming up soon. There's lots of sister podcasts on yeah, this network. Yeah, we love them all. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Anywhere you listen. But uh, most importantly. <laughs> but most importantly, listen to us <laughs> and follow us on all our social medias at Detroit Strange at Instagram and Twitter. Detroit Strange at gmail.com for email and Detroit Strange on Facebook. Yeah. And then also, if you get a chance, please subscribe, rate, review. We'd love it. And thank you to those of you listening. And until next time, stay Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence. 